Recovery is dependent. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello and welcome to another episode of Recovery Talks Podcast. I'm Andy Daniel and I'm here with Todd Tekka. He's a peer support specialist at the Center for Mental Health in Helena. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Andy. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I've been involved in mental health for about 12, 13 years, working with, I uh, started out working with kids and families, moved to working with adults on the BHU here in Helena, and then um, went into some memory care work, and then got my peer support license so that I could be um, more active in actual therapeutic goals and things at the Center for Mental Health. Great. So why do you believe that peer support is so important to the mental health and addiction community? Um, peer support to me is um, it's important because I believe that we're the ones that kind of stand in the gap between when folks see their, their providers and the therapist. And before they get into crisis, we can stand in that gap and help them to really work on some therapeutic goals to work on um, their triggers and their and their uh, skills to overcome those to really uh, help them to learn how to stay out of crisis because um, oftentimes we don't have somebody to fill that gap they end up at the hospital at the ER or um, we've had some folks go to jail just because they, the situation was misunderstood and there wasn't someone there to have that conversation. And so I think it's really important that we as peer supporters um, come into that role to be able to help out, not just keeping them from the ER and the jail when possible, but to help them learn and grow and then go on to help somebody else. A couple of podcasts ago, and I was talking to somebody else who's also a peer supporter, and, and they talked about how getting in to see a therapist or someone can sometimes take a long time. So is that what you're talking about? Kind of um, the peer supporters can um, sort of meet with the person and, and make sure that things are being handled before they can see a therapist? Yeah. If there's if there's a time in there that um, they don't have a therapist, then it does take time to get an appointment and get set up and, and go through that process. The peer supporter can step in and help them work through some things that they may need to deal with more immediately and be able to help them uh, stay out of crisis before they get to the therapist and maybe have a little more informed questions and idea, a better idea of, you know, what they want to share with the therapist and how to get that across better, what they're really dealing with. And a lot of times they'll have a therapist, but because they're busy, they don't always have time for if their clients, you know, not quite in crisis, but just needs to talk, sometimes they don't always have time for that. So as peer supporters, we can kind of fill in there and help out so that they, the person gets somebody to talk to, somebody that they can relate to and 
that can help them hopefully deal with whatever's going on at that moment without having to worry about whether or not they can get into the therapist. Can you talk a little bit about what kinds of things you do with the peers? Like what kind sure. of activities uh, you do? Or A lot of it just depends on the person I'm working with at the time. Sometimes we work on social skills. Um, sometimes we work on just getting them out and into society and doing some social things and some activities so that they're more comfortable to do those things on their own. Sometimes we work on uh, coping skills, education for them to be able to understand better how to deal with certain things that they're dealing with because we can all learn from each other. So it, it really helps, I think, when you can relate to someone and they know that you've gone through that and they feel like they can ask questions a lot easier sometimes. And so sometimes um, we'll just sit and have a conversation about what their triggers are, what skills are not working anymore, and find some new ones. Um, we can work on some of their goals as far as life goals. Sometimes they have pretty big life goals, but they're not sure exactly how to get there, and so we can line that out. So there's kind of a whole gamut of things um, that we can actually help with that are beneficial to not only their mental health, but life in general. Right, and so you said um, sometimes having a, a peer who knows what you've been through makes them more comfortable, which kind of is the, the point of peer support, right? Somebody with lived experience. Right. But how do you, how important is disclosure when it comes to helping someone? Um, I think disclosure is incredibly important just because of that fact that it's easier to relate to someone and be more comfortable having a conversation knowing that the other person actually does know what you're going through or has lived through that. And so you, you may not have the words to explain it, but they truly understand what it is that you're dealing with. So then they can help you on that level because disclosure really makes you a little more transparent. Um, it's something that, of course, you have to be careful with because you don't want to over-disclose. But you really, the more that a person can relate to you, the more they're going to open up, the more you'll be able to help them find better solutions to the challenges that they're facing. And it builds that trust, and a trust in peer support is truly important, because without that, you're you're not going to get as far. What other kinds of things do you do to help build that rapport and that trust? Usually... Personally, after, you know, we have a conversation, I don't go into necessarily my whole life story or anything like that, but I'll share my recovery story, ask them more about theirs, kind of some different points, different questions that may have come up, things that I've learned about them so that, you know, I want to make sure that they know that I'm listening and that I'm hearing what they're, what they're taking time to tell me because that's important if they're willing to um, open up and disclose those things that are really they need help with then you know we need to make sure that we're listening and paying attention and and um, that helps build trust as well because then they know it's just not somebody who's there um, for a paycheck because I think we've all heard that like oh it's just a sister job but once you open up and disclose a little bit and you really explain to them what's going on and how to help them um, that does build some trust and it builds from an angle that they can understand because they've been there and they then understand that you've actually been there. 
What is your philosophy when it comes to being a peer supporter? I think peer support, you have to, uh, my philosophy is just to do the best job that I can every day and know that you have to take a person um, where they're at and you have to be able to separate the challenges that they're dealing with, the disorder, the illness, um, whatever you want to call that. You have to be able to understand that those symptoms and those things that are happening are not necessarily the person, but they're the result of what they're dealing with. So you have to learn to be able to take the person where they're at, work with what they have at the moment, and help them to grow and to overcome those challenges. And I think as a philosophy, that's, that's probably it, is that we need to be empathetic and understanding and really view them for who they are, find out who they are, and not just what the um, symptoms are presenting. Because oftentimes people will just look at that, and that's where we get all the labels from, as, oh, well, you're bipolar, or, oh, no, you're, you know, psychotic, or you're schizophrenic, or, no, those are the symptoms, those are the things that they're trying to cope with and deal with and get over and manage. And that's not necessarily the person is underneath all of that. And so I try to remember that so that I'm not labeling them and that I can find out who the, who the real person is underneath of all that. As people with lived experience, sometimes when you're working with someone else who's going through similar experiences, you run the risk of being like re-traumatized. What kinds of things do you do to sort of protect yourself from those kinds of things? Some of those things, Andy, really can be triggering. And so I try and make sure um, to know as much as I can about the person so that I can mentally prepare myself if um, I feel like I'm going to be triggered. Then I have a solution already in mind that I can work through. And then that way I'm growing as well. But there have been times that if the if the situation is too much, I will hand off to somebody who is qualified, another peer supporter, and then have them uh, help that folk, help those that person. Just because I don't want to pass that re-trauma onto them, and if I am not able to work through that, I'm not going to be much help to them. So it's more about how do we help them best rather than my ego. But I think it's um, it's important to understand what triggers may come up while you're dealing with someone and how you're going to deal with those if they do. And then you go into the situation with a game plan. What do you think is the, the best or the most exciting thing about working as a peer supporter? I think the best thing for me anyway is to... Um, is that moment when you get someone to understand that, especially after their first diagnose, a lot of people think, gosh, this is the end of my world as I know it. This is, what am I going to do? How do I handle this? They go through all this thought process of, um, oh gosh, I really am. And so for me, the best part about this is to be able to work with them and show them that actually this is a starting point because now... You know what you're dealing with. We can teach you how to help manage that. We can teach you some strategies. And really, it's the beginning of a whole new life. And to be able to see them 
understand that and kind of start working through that and come out of that and really get like, oh, wow, this really is, you know, a new life. I don't have to be scared or depressed or um, all those feelings that we all go through after a diagnosis. And so I think that's the best thing for me is to be able to help people recognize that this is a whole new chance to start over and not let your symptoms or disorder control your life, but you be able to manage that. So on the flip side of that, what do you think is the most challenging or the most difficult part of being a peer supporter? For me, the most challenging thing to learn was that I could not help everybody. And that if someone is not ready to be helped, you can't force that on them. They have to be ready and they have to be willing to deal with their own issues and to be able to do the work and understand and want to do it. And sometimes that's a pretty scary thing and people are not always ready for that. Um, And it was hard for me to understand that, why would you not want to do this? You know, and so, again, the learning lesson of, you know, you have to take people where they're at and just make sure that they know that you're there to support them. And when they are ready, you're, you're there to help them. You know, we really do have to just love people where they're at and work from there and at their pace. Yeah, peer support is important because if if we're not willing to help each other, who's going to do that? Well, thanks for talking with me, Todd. This has been some really great information and, and a good way to look at peer support. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you're interested in doing a podcast with us about any topic that you're interested in, please send us an email and we'll set something up with you. We'll see you next time. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery.